All right, everybody, welcome to During Business Hours. My name is Chris. This is Christopher Aaron Smith, owner-operator of Savannah Eye Doctor over there. How are you doing today? Doing good, man. What's up? What's up? Chris and Chris. Yeah, I Gotta know, right? <laughs> Gotta love it. All right, welcome to the show. Your store is in Georgia, right? Yeah. So Savannah Eye Doctor, how you got two locations. Mm-hmm. So where are those at? Uh, so my first location is on Wilmington Island. It, I mean, it's pretty much Savannah. So, but you just, it's just two separate, two different, two separate sides of Savannah. So yeah, you got a, a Savannah Eye Doctor on Wilmington Island. And then we have our one here on Montgomery Street nice. in Savannah. Is that a far distance from each mm, other? I mean, it's about 20 minutes, maybe 30. It's just depending on traffic. But it's, it's about 20. It's between maybe about 20, 30 minutes. I thought about opening a, a store in the same city, and I saw a lot of uh, a competitor had popped out a bunch and closed a bunch real quick. Mm-hmm. So I was always the, do I want to take the time and be running around? Because typically either the owner or the manager is the one who ends up running all the shit around. Because yeah. the insurance for the vehicle is so expensive if you try to add anyone on, especially yeah. in California. What made you start electronics repair? So the whole reason I even started getting into like repairs was because my oldest daughter, who's 21 right now, she runs the store on um, on Wilmington Island. So um, and she's my, my stepdaughter, by the way. So I've been with her since she's been like four or five years old. So. Um, I started because back when um, it was like the iPhone 4s, 4Ss first came out, she wanted an iPhone, just like the average kid, right? And at the time, they were, iPhones are always expensive when they first come out. So she was like, oh, she wanted an iPhone. And I was like, okay, well, I can't afford an iPhone, but I would like to get you an iPhone, right? So I'm working at Pizza Hut. I'm, I'm a manager at Pizza Hut, just a shift manager, by the way. I'm not even an assistant manager. I was working on the other side of town. I was just on my break, you know, sitting in the back of the store. And this guy walks by and he's like, hey, I've, I got this phone. You know, I got this phone. Would you would you want to buy it? You know, I'll sell it to you for $20. And he said, you know, I'll be honest, like, it's it's not mine. I found it. It was just in the middle of the road. I'm just trying to make a couple of dollars. So I'm like, okay, well, I took a look at it. It was an iPhone 4S, right? It had a cracked screen on it. It looked like it had just rained that day. So it looked like it had got it definitely had got ran over because the front and the back was cracked and um it rained that day. So I was like, you know, maybe it might be worth something. So I plugged it in. I said, Yeah, I'll buy from you. I gave him twenty dollars. I took it out to my car. I had an iPhone, which you know, she just gave me an iPhone. <laughs> so I plugged it into the car and boom, the, the charging symbol came on. So I said, Well, obviously it still works. You know, maybe I can get it fixed and, you know, unlock it and give it to her as a, as a gift. Cause I knew she wanted an iPhone. And I mean, long story short, that's what it was. Like I literally, you know, stumbled across a phone from, from a guy because my daughter wanted one and I went online. Well, first I was like, well, I'll, I'll maybe I'll find somebody who can fix it, you know, just pay them. But then I, it thought, thought in my mind, I said, maybe I can fix it myself. Right. So I went online, looked up the parts, all that good stuff, and I fixed it. Uh, My best friend's wife, we went to school together and her best friend had broken her phone. It was the exact same phone. This was maybe like a couple a week or two later. And she was like, oh, I know a guy who fixes phones. And then I I get this random phone call like on a Saturday. She was like, yeah, I heard you fix phones. Can you fix my phone for me? And I said, well, ma'am, I'm going to be 100%. I didn't know. I didn't um, really know her at the time. So mm. 
I said, listen, ma'am, I fixed one phone and I highly doubt if that qualifies me to be the, I'm not the guy who fixes phones, but she was just desperate. She was like, you know, can you please at least try? Like, if it doesn't work, I'll just file a claim on it. But I just want to save a couple of dollars. And I was like, I mean, hey, if you want me to try it, I'll try it. And I mean, lo and behold, I fixed it. And then she came back like a, like two weeks late, two, three weeks later and was like, yeah, I broke it again. Can you fix it again? And I told my neighbor what I was doing. And he was like, man, you should probably like if you can fix them, you should probably start like start a business fixing phones. And he was like, you know, maybe you should start by selling cases and all this. So, I, you know, I started ordering. I started ordering and I'm telling you this whole story, but I guess this is why we're here, right? Yeah, exactly. So, Don't I'm, be embarrassed. Um, this, this is super similar to how I started. So I, I feel yeah. with you. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I I just started like ordering back glasses, you know, like from like overseas. And the then reselling ones. them on eBay. Yeah. And I resell them on eBay. So I had this whole back glass factory in my living room. <laughs> You know, where I was, you know, fixing phones and then selling cases locally and selling back glass on on eBay. Like, and it just kind of just evolved. And like all of the money that I was making there, I was just kind of, you know, every time I made money, I would spend money on something else. Like just kind of just like a snowball effect. And, you know, before you know it, I was spending money on, you know, buying more parts. and um, I, like I found just, the same thing. I was late to the eBay game. I didn't get in until like 2016. So mm -hmm. from 2012 to 2016, it was, I think, for some reason, I had the mentality that as long as I didn't spend more than what I had in my bank account, I was good. You know, I mm -hmm. needed to have at the end of the month, as much as I spend, as much as I do, as long as I end with the same amount and not less, I'm good. Mm -hmm. So if I had five grand in the account, 10, 15, and I made 20 grand that month if i invested it all into the business as long as i didn't dip between that five ten or fifteen mm -hmm. i was happy so yeah. I, kept, I did the same thing where i just kept throwing in making these little factories yeah and uh it, i started a very similar way i don't know if you've seen the episodes but tried to get somebody to fix a phone got charged they didn't fix it ended up getting half my money back and bought a 40 dollars kit from amazon and then yeah. i was so pissed off i almost picketed their business and was like, no, I want my money. I want my money. And then started telling people walking into their business, I'll fix it for cheaper. <laughs> yeah, so that was a, a funny one. I was oh, so wow, petty back good. then. It was <laughs> So how yeah. many kids you got? Uh, five total. Never yeah, thought about but... a vasectomy. Uh -uh. Mm -mm. No. Nope. Everyone's, nope. I, I got one after my second child. It was 15 minutes and a little bit of ice. You got to wear some tight undies. Um, it, it works. I was scared <laughs> of having five kids, man. That's yeah. It's I mean it's it's really, it's not that bad to be honest. California, it's oh, expensive. Uh, yeah, well, that's a that's another ballgame. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want five kids in California either. Especially just the housing price. I pay almost two grand a month for a four bedroom, two bath, and it's half the sizes of normal bedrooms. So it's I think twelve by ten. Yeah. Is the big master, and mm -hmm. that that's the master bedroom with a bathroom door that takes up like five square feet when it's yeah. open. And so I was like, well, especially with the climate in 2020, I was like, all right, I'm gonna get a vasectomy. We can adopt later if we want to. <laughs> yeah, and no uh, it's reversible 70% of the time, so they say. My daughter, I'm a stepfather as well. I stepped in when she was two, and uh, when my son was born, 
I'm, I'm telling you, after the first year, I'm lucky I got that vasectomy because if any other kids acted the way he did, <laughs> he's wild with me. He's great with mom. Yeah. He is, uh, he's a handful. I can only imagine when he's 21. It's going to be interesting. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> How do you manage two businesses with five kids? Um... Man, I to be honest, I don't even know how to do it. Like, <laughs> it's just like, you know, I don't know, man, just one day at a time. I think that, like, I've learned to, like, early on, early on in business, it was hard for me to not take work home, right? So now, in, in you know, having been in business for so long, now it's like I just, when I get home, like, when I get off, like, I'm off. You know, I might, you know, dabble here and there into something, but as far as being like a hundred percent zoned in on on something like, you know, something that's kind of like business related, because I used to not like kind of like separating business from like personal time. Mm -hmm. Because I would I would literally just just kind of like just go hard and just never quit. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it, it wasn't good for my mental, number one, because everything kind of get wraps, wrapped around business and then you kinda, you forget about what really, like, you know, nice. what really matters. Yeah, so what, now what I do now is I make sure, like, when I get off, I'm off. Like, I, I don't I, I don't like to take work home with me. So I'm that's the easiest. Off. Yeah, that's that's what's helped me, like, like be able to manage, you know, having a, having a big family and having, a, you know, to run two stores. Make sure when I'm at work, I try to be as productive as possible, do everything I need to do. And then, you know, that way when I get home, I can take the time to, you know, spend time with the wife and the kids and, you know. What you put out online and social media, definitely, you know, you got a very heartwarming family around you. you know? Oh, so yeah. It, I, I've got to say, I personally, I look up to you, man, because you're showing that family and business can coincide. And so that's my biggest hurdle is spending more time with the family because I used to work seven days a week because I mm -hmm. came off from, you know, being a drug addict to, I think I got six months sobriety before I started running a business and then just uh -huh. hit it seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And then I got married and, and stepped into this relationship mm -hmm. with a child. And I was like, oh shit, I need to balance, you know? Yeah. And uh, trying to find that balance is always hard. So that's why I'm always doing something. But I tell myself in the majority of the times that it's better for the future or like the kids will need this or that. And uh, recently it's become more apparent that it's like, oh no, I need to get off at five. I need to be off on weekends. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I got to do more. And, yeah. Uh, you got to. It, Cause it's, it's hard. It's easy to, man. It's easy. To, it's, well, it's, it's hard for people like us. Cause we like, we have like that hustlers mentality. <laughs> like it's just, Permanent ADHD it's, is what I call it. Just is go, that go, what it go. is? Yeah, it's a it, it's a go mentality that never stops. We don't need gas. It's yeah. uh, we just eat ourselves. You know? Yeah, man. it's hard. Where, it is hard. Where's your background? Where are you from originally? So I'm from uh I'm from Miami. Really? So we yeah we've been back and forth from well I was I was back and forth from Miami to Savannah a lot when I was younger, but initially we moved here after Hurricane Andrew. Damn. That was a bad yeah. one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bad one. So that that's pretty much what kind of re relocated us here um, to Savannah, Hurricane what, Andrew. What year, what year was Andrew? 92. Jeez, no, wow, damn. I'm yeah. thinking something that was else. A long, yeah, I'm like, hold uh, on, that's yeah. before. 
Yeah, Andrew was a long time ago. It, it was right after the uh, the earthquake, and we had that earthquake in California, and then Hurricane Andrew was the next nas- nas- national natural disaster. Mm-hmm. Damn. Uh, so that moved what you, your parents, everybody. Um. Yeah, all of us. Pretty much. well. Well, not, not everybody. Not my mom's side of the family. Well, actually, not my dad. Well, it was it, it wasn't everybody. Some people did, some people didn't. But for the most part, on my mom's side, um, some of us came. But on my dad's side, the majority of them stayed. So yeah. you you had worked up until starting Savannah Eye Doctor. You weren't a business owner, right? You just worked uh-uh. for other businesses. What was that transition like, going from the nine to five to the twenty four seven? Um, I guess to be honest, it wasn't until. It wasn't until 2010 when I moved back to Savannah that I started to, because um, me and my wife had lived in in Miami for a short period of time. Um, me and her moved down there um, right after we had our first kid, and then we had our second kid while we were there. So we had. Um, it wasn't until we had moved back to Savannah that I even got into like the entrepreneur type mindset or even the like hustler mentality mindset because once I started having you know once we started having those kids that kind of got me to it kind of got me going you know it kind of jump-started me to look for you know look for some other hustles look for some ways to make some money so ten dollar diapers ten dollar diapers you know (laughs) yeah Yeah, like so at that point it was just you know I was I was working but I was also actively you know looking for other ways that I could I could make money and then um, so it got to the point where I was, you know, just working peace. I was, you know, working regular job. I worked two jobs. I would even work two jobs and Uber. So I was where I was like killing it. Two jobs during the week, Uber during the weekend. And that's when Uber had first hit this area. So your mom works with you too? Yep. So you're blessed because my side of things, we had a, a, a bit of a falling out. So my mm-hmm. family was involved and then not involved so it's how do you how do you manage having the family so intertwined that's a challenge in itself <laughs> how, how did you yeah. start that um well i mean it just kind of evolved into what it is because it wasn't it wasn't planned i didn't it's, it's, it, it definitely wasn't planned it was just so when i had the store on the island i had started teaching my daughter how to fix phones from when she was younger she just had an interest in like what i was doing mm-hmm. you know that was just natural for her she wanted to be able to like learn how to fix the things she was like you know i want i want to i want to fix phones one day and you know, i want to you know run a business one day or whatever so that just kind of you know that just kind of came naturally but um my main employee that I had at the store on Wilmington Island, um, he had gotten another job offer and he had worked for me for, um, I want to say it was like, he had worked for me from the time I even started that store. He was, he came with the store, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, he was, he was just like family. So it started with him. And then when he, when he got that other job offer, um, he went, he went to like work for sales, like for a roofing company or something like that. And my daughter, she was like, well, you know, I can, you know, I can, you know, it was, there was time for her to kind of step up and she was just working, I think part-time at the moment. So that's when she was like, Oh, I guess this is my chance to step up. And well, we kind of, she was working here at this store with me. 
Um, so when he left it, you know, she just kind of stepped into that role and took over. And slowly but surely, I, you know, gave her you know, more and more responsibility over more tasks. So at first it was just her there, um, just, you know, doing the repairs. Um, and I would do all of the admin stuff, you know, like, you know, ordering parts and you know stuff like that. And then it just got to a point where, you know, now she just, you know, she has more control over. She 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 has, you know, pretty much. She basically runs that store yeah, by herself. Like she orders, she, yeah, she orders her own parts. The only thing I do pretty much is, you know, I'll do the repairs that she necessarily doesn't know how to do or she can't do, like the micro soldering and, um, you know, like the glass only, the Apple watches. I'll do all of that stuff here, and then I'll just send it back over to her store. Yeah. Um, That'd be tricky. I used to do all the, the way I started was doing glass onlys on the Samsungs from the S2 all the way to the S7. And yeah. then curved screens came in. Then you had enclaves. Then you had debubblers, Okas. Yeah. I was like, okay. So I bought everything. And then, of course, we got burglarized the week after. Stole mm -hmm. all. I had stacks of a pallet that got thrown into the back of a van. So in my opinion, I thought somebody from the inside knew that I had all this equipment and thought uh -huh. they could sell it. So from there, I was like, oh, well, insurance paid for it. Might as well go into micro soldering. I can bolt mm -hmm. it all down. Um, <laughs> and so that's when I got into the soldering, man. And like the way some of these newer kids in this business are doing it, they're strictly B2B, kind of like Dustin, Jesse. They're doing a killing. It's good for them. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't deal with other impatient business owners. Mm -hmm. I, I tried to do the, the back glass when the iPhone 11 came out. And then it turned more into consultations with other business owners about, you know, hey, where are your numbers at? Then we got more into financials. And it took way too much time away from, like, my hobbies, my family, my passions. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying so hard to focus on here's what I want to do. I'm going to do it. How do you, with a family of seven, so you, your wife, five kids, mm -hmm. how do you focus on your passions? Whew. Oh, man. That's a tough one. I, I see you out there. You're always dressed nice. Looks like you're going places, doing things, hanging out with the family. I, it's gotta... I mean, I, I guess, like, business is my passion, you know? I mean, it's not – I don't really have – this was my hobby. Like, my hobby was, like, taking stuff apart and putting it back together as a, you know, as a kid, you know, when I was younger. Like, that's what kind of really, you know, got me, like, kind of, like, on a straight and narrow when I found out I was, you know, kind of going the wrong way. Technology yeah. is what kept me on track, and it kept me excited. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. I was always passionate about technology. Like, when when AOL, when, it was, when Internet was dial-up, <laughs> and you had to tie the phone, the phone line up for, you know, days at a time, you know, to play The Sims online. Oh, like, yeah. You know, roller coaster tycoon, ages of empire, age of empire. Oh, don't like, get me started on AOG. <laughs> uh, my mom like, would I'm scream at me hearing that at yeah, 11 p.m. Like, the doo doo doo. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking. I'm and I'm I legit mean like being in in a closet. I remember my dad's house. The computer was literally he had like a, a like a side clock and like a side utility closet in his room where they ran like the, the cable lines and stuff like that. He had one of those in his in his room and that's where the computer was. And I would literally spend like days at a time in there. So 
just I mean, technology is my passion. So when I come in, when when I have to fix something, like I'm excited about it. Like when I have to do a glass only on an iPad Pro, you know, re- I saw refer- your post, yeah, yeah, and keep the touch intact. You get what it's I'm hard, saying? Like, man. yeah, when like that in itself is my passion. Dude, like, and congrats yeah. to you. That's it's not an easy thing to do. You got to be invested in that. Yeah, I I love the reaction from customers, right? So I think that's in a way my hobby is, and I always say it in the in the in the times that I speak to people on this, is that I'm a bit of a silver tongue, right? I love Mm -hmm. to talk to people, discuss whether it's my side, your side. Everyone can be in the middle and just have a civil conversation. The thing that I found was getting customers who don't enjoy the idea of spending money with me to spend money with me is like the best serotonin booster. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh man, you know, what are they in sales? They're like a disarming effect. So Mm -hmm. my best sales pitch apparently has been like, no, you don't have to shop with me. I'll send you to five other places wherever you're comfortable with going is easy for me. Because no matter what, you're going to get the service you want. Now, the quality of service is the difference. Either I'm going to bring something to the table for you or not. What you need, you need to tell me. And if you don't know, I, I'll i give you five other things. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually that works. But, man, it's, it's something about just winning a customer. has always been like, oh, shit. Like, I'm good at something, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fun. What's the end goal with Savannah Eye Doctor? Um, I really, it's really hard to say because I keep moving the goalposts, <laughs> like, like, you know, some one day the end goal is one day, like, you know, this is the end goal and just to branch off into something else. But, you know, the more and more I think about it, I'm like, you know, I did it twice. You know, maybe I should, maybe I should do it again and may, maybe do it two more times, you know, get a strong team, do it two more times and then, you know, see how I feel about it you know, maybe, you know, franchise it or something like that. But who, I mean, who knows? But as of like the end goal for me right now um, is uh, I want to, I want to do more e-commerce. Like that's, that's the next thing for me to like learn is like the e-commerce side of it. Cause and eBay is cool. Like it's easy to do stuff on eBay. Um, but you know, now eBay has gotten so competitive, you know, it's, it's not what it was. So it's not really too profitable i've got no uh, i recently got banned off of ebay with oh, seventy thousand five star great feedback preferred seller and still they were like nope we don't want your business we're gonna hold the i think it's 5500 bucks that they were supposed to deposit mm-hmm. and they're gonna hold it for 72 days before releasing it to the state and then i have to ask the state for it yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> the reason oh is God. I was selling graphics cards from pre-builds. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd had, I think, four or five I sold, and we kept getting them bought by people with zero reviews. So they'd buy them, use them, and send them back. But we put warranty stickers on. We protected, take videos. Yeah. After the first one, we knew the, the spiel. But I think this is what got us. Turns out that their eBay protection only goes so many times. So mm-hmm. they protected us on like $3,500 worth of purchases. And then they were like, mm-hmm. hey, your eBay protection is now null and void. 
So we took our high dollar items off of eBay, you know, went mm-hmm. to Mercari and a couple other places. That's doing real well. But it's funny enough that they sent us a letter, hey, you're suspended. We're going to investigate your sales. And then 20 hours later, you're off the platform. I was like, why? Oh, we just, we can't see partnering with a business that has this many issues. And I'm like, you what? sound, yeah, you sound like Chase Bank. Well, <laughs> you know how everyone always is getting their Chase Bank's account uh, frozen? Yeah. That's exactly what it sounded. It's too high of a risk for uh, somebody who's selling everything from $4 cables, because I would get pallets of liquidation stuff, to mm-hmm. $5,000 laptops. And uh, man, it was an interesting one. It was a good pivot, though, because we were too reliant on eBay for sure. It was like yeah. 20% of our income monthly. Uh-huh. So I was like, Phew just going to try something new. <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. The, uh, the idea of moving everything online, getting more structured with selling to the world instead of selling to your locals. Yeah. Is- yeah. That's the main, that's the main thing for me. I even thought about, you know, an, like an online, like repair model. And it was just, you know, kind of the idea was to, um, build relationships with, you know, repair shops, you know, like on the local level, it would, I mean, it would be a, a hard task to do, but I guess you could try it in, in different markets, you know, but it, the idea was to, you know, partner with um, repair shops that would be, you know, in like a, a project market um, that we just try, try to work out and start the idea in. And we would, well, I, I thought about having, you know, running ads in the area and saying, Hey, um, we can, you know, just do something simple, just screen repairs, right? Yeah. And then um, if someone, they would just, if they knew it, that's exactly what they needed. It had to be, we break it down to, you know, maybe four phones to test it out. And it being iPhone X, you know, XR, 11, 12, whatever. And say, hey, you know, you can get it done for this price, you know, and they would like pay right there. And then we would send them to uh, one of our partner repair shops. So we would send them to a repair shop in the area. And, you know, they would just give it to the repair shop. The repair shop would fix it and give it back to the customer. And we would pay the repair shop directly. Customer would be satisfied. And the repair shop, you know, has a contract where, you know, they're doing repairs and they're just getting paid, you know, instantly, you know. So, Sounds familiar like, uh, a, what is it, AKO does something, but on the insurance. So ACO does that, like yeah. on the insurance level? Yeah. So they, they partner out in the event of somebody breaking something directly yeah. to the local repair stores, even if they're not partnered with Echo. Yeah. That I had, you know, Brian's a great guy, but I had a couple of instances with the customers that were bad. And I was like, yeah, I just don't feel like signing up. I see all the RTO guys, you guys are killing it. You know, getting the devices and the financing. It's, it's yeah. a lot of money. I've, I've been thinking of pulling the trigger, but since I'm moving out of state, I don't want to put any more undue stress. Here, here let's learn this new metric or incorporate this to the store just yet. Um, so I love uh, RTO. I'm not going to lie. I absolutely love it. Is, is it profitable to your store? Very much so. <laughs> especially, especially when like, like you're purchasing devices locally and you're able to sell it for a lot more, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of get more money out of it in the long run. Everyone was getting yeah. a lot of backlash for that financing. But yeah, they... There are also people who have never run a business 
as a physical location. I noticed every single one of those people didn't have a store. They don't have uh, an overhead. They, they I, thought, I thought that the majority of, I assumed that the majority of them had stores since they were there, but I guess maybe all of them don't. I, the one post that Sean did, uh, the micro soldering Sean, uh, mm-hmm. he was like $3,500 for an $800 phone. And he got mm-hmm. so much flack, and the majority of them were by flippers. Yeah. They were selling phones. They weren't even in the repair groups. Yeah. And it's like, damn. So <laughs> even if, say, a couple of stores are like, you know, that's kind of scummy, it's as long as you're discussing it with the customer, their interest rates on the back end are high if you miss a payment or if you extend it past 90 days. Correct. And it's not beneficial to the customer. But Correct. for the customers that have no other option, it's, that's all they, yeah. it's all they got. That's hey, yeah. it gives them a lifeline. So as long as you discuss it and that expectation is there, it's not a bad thing to do. Exactly. And, and my thing, well, a lot of, um, um, like some people, that's, they they have absolutely no problem with doing that. That's just, that's how, that is their way of life. <laughs> you get what I'm exactly. saying? I, I can just pay a little bit, you know, I don't care if I'm going to pay more for it. You know, this is, this is, this fits my budget, right? And in and, and our situation, especially with the, the in-house financing, number one, I'm not going, you know, I'm, I'm not out to, uh, we can control how much extra we charge the customer, yeah. right? So in, in our case, um, in most cases, we first we make sure that the customer, um, make sure that the, their payments is something that's affordable to them. So that way, if they did decide to um, ride it out for the length of the contract, our contracts are typically between nine to 10 months. Um, so we, if we make sure that they can, they can pay that number one. And then number two, we also have the freedom to, um, we can, we can determine how much, um, interest they pay on. Right. So if a customer did decide to run that contract out with us, I try to keep mine at a lot, you know, people like a SEMA, there's just like, you know, 2.75, sometimes up to 3.8. Two five percent, or you know, times what the the value of the phone itself. But for us, I try not to go more than two, because you know, number one, you know, you know, I might have only paid a hundred dollars for the phone, um, or I might only have a hundred dollars into the phone, yeah. right? You know, I might only have a hundred and fifty dollars into the phone, and in that, in a case like that, I'm not gonna charge. You know, I'm not gonna make the customer pay a thousand dollars for a phone that I only you know, put $150 into like, you know, I, I do have no morals, like, yeah, you know, and that's, that's one thing that I could see some people taking advantage of it. The bigger companies, they don't have any morals. Like they'll talk to you. That's the difference. Exactly. (laughs) It's a robot. I mean, that's just, and they, you know, they're there to take advantage, you know, of people. I mean, I'm, I'm not there to, to we're not there to take advantage of our, um, of our customers, not one bit. That's so, great. Um, anything you got to share with some of the entrepreneurs in the groups and stuff? Because that's since typically I share these in the groups for the cell phone guys, but I've been sharing it more to like the business and entrepreneur groups. Um, any up and coming guys that are doing something similar or what's your piece of advice that you would give as a family man and a business owner to somebody starting up their business? Um. To somebody starting up their business, I would say quitting is not an option. Like whatever, like whatever it takes, whatever you got to do, um, 
you know, it's sacrifices that's going to be made. You got to be willing to make those sacrifices. Um, but I do believe that, you know, like hard work, um, hard work beats talent any day. Um, but right. if you do have the talent, you know, and you have the work ethic, like go for it. Um, take take your time. It's one day at a time. Definitely find a mentor. Like if 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 you don't have a mentor, you definitely need a mentor. Because had I not had a mentor, or more or less, had I not had the mentor that I had, I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, so. I think that's why it took me a little while to get around. I didn't get a mentor until I uh, had my second burglary. I was like, mm-hmm. man, I'm going to pack up. I'm going to shut down. And then I <laughs> I, uh, I got with a local company that was dropping off a bunch of iPads, and their CEO took a liking to me. Uh-huh. And, uh, man, the guy imparted so much knowledge about business that my dumb ass did not have any thought about all right everybody we appreciate you for joining hit the share hit the like hit the subscribe let us know what you feel in the comments if you uh if you liked it you loved it you want more of it ask chris to come on back we appreciate it and we'll see you next time